and gore And sometimes a little more My Bloody Podcast <laughs> This is uh, Preston as Brian Go for it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Preston makes me laugh. We are here, episode fifty-five. Like, like Preston says, my bloody podcast. It's been fifty-five glorious episodes. We're so excited and thrilled and bloody about everything. We have an excellent show for you today here on my bloody podcast, which you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. I'm Brian Kluger, and we will be talking about our main feature later on today, which is the new film out in theaters, The Dead Don't Die, by the fantastic filmmaker Jim Jarmusch. And, oh, I can't wait to talk about it with you, Preston. But, Preston, are you doing all right today? I am doing all right. I got my electricity back uh, after the Texas storm, or I guess Dallas storm. Uh, I was three and a half days without electricity, so I was able to catch up on films and uh, live my life again. I'm I'm so happy that you got to uh, live your life again, once again, without electricity. I figured like it would turn into a very sadistic uh, Gaspar No film or something like that. If you... uh, yeah. <laughs> Just fucking full-on 120 days of Sodom at the Barda house. I, uh, I wish I was there for it. <laughs> yeah, you painted that picture well. But no, I went to my in-laws and they had electricity. We were able to watch The Bachelorette and everything. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> but uh, we, we have our, our very, our returning, our returning champion, our returning Steel Cage champion James Cole Clay from Fresh, Fresh Fiction and uh, ultimate movie guru and collector of steel books and movies. James Cole Clay, I'm so happy to have you on the show again. How are you? I am happy to be here. I have uh, challenged Tom Cruise to a fight this week three times and I've not yet heard a response. So I will just uh, go body slam my Top Gun steel book, I guess, instead. <laughs> body slam, power slam it through a table, yo, <laughs> while you're playing volleyball almost nude to the song Playing With The Boys. Does that yes, sound Kenny good? Loggins. <laughs> Kenny Loggins is his own uh, brand of horror, that's for sure. There you go. Uh, we're so happy to be here. Again, my bloody podcast will be talking about The Dead Don't Die later on, new film by Jim Jarmusch. We'll get to bloody questions, bloody recommendations. But first off, the bloody news channel, talking about horror news in the, uh, in the realm of this week. So every week... Every week for like two or three months now, we've been talking about the new Child's Play film, Chucky, and everything. We have found out that the studio is not screening the new Child's Play movie for us. They're not. It sucks. We, we heard it from the source. At least they're not regionally. They are in L.A. and New York. That's it. Which is bullshit. Yeah. But my question is to you, why? I'm looking at the sky with my hands in the air screaming, why? Why are don't they we, not doing this? Don't we have insider information or can we not divulge that? Uh, I wouldn't divulge that, but uh, I mean, what we can say, I guess uh, it just seems as though Orion Pictures has no faith in this remake uh, coming well, to theaters next week. They're scared, yeah. don't have the budget, maybe? 
Maybe they're scared they're not going to get their money back. No, I think I I think they got the budget. I'm well. I don't know. They are uh, freshly revamped here. So, uh, but I think I think they they could totally afford it. I mean, do the general public know that this movie's coming out? Do they care about Brian Tyree Henry? I mean, because that's to me sounds is like that gives it like some prestige. I mean. The Mark Hamill thing, whatever. I mean, Mark Hamill's actually a great voice. I mean, he's got a lot. It's a lot, a lot of great talent involved. Right. Uh, I mean, outside of just Aubrey Plaza, but just uh, you know, the It producers behind it. I don't know. It uh-huh. just has it has all that poster value. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I've, I've I'm going to buy a ticket. Tough to talk I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy a ticket. I don't know if it's going to play at our Alamo here. Um, but I'll I'll pay. I mean, look, dude, I'm I'm so happy to pay fifteen bucks, you know, or something. Like, I mean, I probably won't have to pay that much, but you know what I mean. Because th- you and I, n- none of us ever, you know, I don't mean to say anything like this, but we don't ever pay for these things. So it's you know, if I'm going to pay for something, we're still not going to pay if they're at the Alamo. Well, no, I won't. But uh, that's <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. But I um. I'll, I'll pay. I'd pay the fifteen bucks to see this movie because I think it's it's worth it, even if it sucks. Um, there are seven Child's Play movies, you know, and I pretty. Well, I mean, I pretty much like them all except for three, um, for the most part. So I, I mean, it's, it it just seems weird to me because I've heard a couple people who saw it and they basically said the same thing. It's creepy fun, and. If yeah. that's the general consensus, I don't get why you wouldn't want the word to get out because I would imagine most people are excited about this. And I don't know. I Because this movie couldn't have cost that much money to make. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I guarantee they, you it's a If they a can whole... afford to uh, make all these uh, advertisements about killing Toy Story toys, I'm yeah. sure they could. they can do it. And, and I mean, it, they... it, is, it is coming out the same week as Toy Story 4, so... You know, it's not a good time for it to come out because everybody's going to be no. seeing Toy Story 4. However, Child's Play, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like no matter what, it would make at least 50 to $80 million at least. And that would be way well, more than its budget. I mean, they, that would be great if it made 50 to $80 million. I mean, the new Pet Cemetery made like 55 over here or something like that, which is pretty decent. Um, but, you know, they part of me thinks that this movie should have waited till mid August or something like that. Kind of, I think that's when Annabelle creation came out. I think that's when it came out, something like that. And, um, you know, but then again, it would have it to, to compete with because it's like, you can't escape these big movies It chapter two. So it's like, when do you release this film? I mean, I I just hope we don't get it to be like, it probably should have came out a little earlier in the year. Uh, it's pretty crowded horror-wise with the new yeah. Annabelle coming out and then it's gonna be big. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. like for a February March release, but or even just wait till you know the end of the year to do it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But either way, they're not screening it for us. But hopefully, at least one of us will see it. Uh, no, we'll go see it. Yeah, we've yeah. been well, talking about it too much. We have to go see it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I know we already have a review. Somebody for our site who has seen it is going to review yeah. it. Um, for our site so i mean you know i i hope I, I'm, I'm probably just gonna go see it as a fan i i don't know i mean sometimes i'm not really like a fanboy, i guess on certain things but there are certain things that i can't really look at objectively like it's hard for me for like an avengers film or a toy story movie i was really nervous about this toy story movie coming out and i think with this too 
I mean, I think because it has the talent, you know, it's going to be really tough to, you know, because if it's fun, it's fun, I guess, you know. I mean, it, this isn't like the new Nightmare on Elm Street movie coming out where it's just objectively terrible. I don't think it's going to be that. Um, I, I, I think I, what's, what it's going to be, what people gonna be said, it's going to be creepy in parts and it's going to be a fun ride. You know, that's what I expect. Dude, Mark Hamill's a great choice. I don't think the design is very good, but... I mean, I'm. This just adds another layer. This just makes me honestly even more excited to see it. <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you showing me this movie? Yeah, I need to see it. You know, well, so we'll I update hope. everybody next week or the week after when we all see it. <laughs> yeah. So for Tyler, now, the floor is completely open for Don Mancini's TV show with Brad Dorf. Cool. If oh, right. They're yeah. that worried about it. Yes, he doesn't have anything to do with this, does he? No, no, I didn't think so. And he's he's like that's such a bummer that's kind of shitty but um, like he'll probably still have his name on the poster because of story uh right. but, but that's probably stuff, it right. yeah well i'll be there i'm gonna go thursday friday at the absolute latest so yeah. i mean i'll be there sweet I was thinking thursday all right let's move on to a bit of big news we mentioned this on the show before many times and we finally got our first trailer the Doctor Sleep trailer, Doctor Sleep, is, of course, a Stephen King novel. The sequel to The Shining, set a few decades later, that follows an older Danny Torrance. Uh, I've read the book. It is actually quite good. And the trailer came out. And the trailer, uh, it looks oh, good. It, it, it has, like, flashbacks. I was worried to, there. It, it has flashbacks to the original movie. It has, and I just love the end of the trailer where they started playing the original music. And yeah. uh, it looks like they're getting a lot of the cool things in the book. And it doesn't show like a whole lot of what the film's about, which is nice. You know, in my personal opinion, I really wanted a trailer that just was kind of like the blood flowing from the elevators, like the original trailer, and that was it. But. I'm excited for this, and uh, you guys, I know y'all watch the Doctor Sleep trailer. Give me your uh, expert opinions on your expectations. <laughs> huh. um, I have, so I'm making, I'm on a Stephen King kick right now. I've been collecting all the books, original prints, and uh, I'm currently on It, and so I hope to finish that pretty soon, and then get to The Shining, and then get to Doctor Sleep. But, um, I was really excited about this uh, before we even saw the trailer. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before with just the talent involved, Mike Flanagan. Um, and we're a big fan of his work, uh, Gerald's Game and uh, The Haunting of Hill House and Hush. And so uh, there's a lot to be excited about it. And with Ewan McGregor being in there. So um, the, the imagery in the trailer that is shown uh, just has me even more uh, pumped up about it, uh, especially a lot of the shots, you know, like them doing the whole uh, Ready Player One thing, going back into recreating uh, certain uh, iconic shots. Um, I know that the blood flowing from the elevator in the trailer is the only shot that they use from um, Kubrick's footage. And so um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be also interesting because I know Stephen King is pretty famous for saying uh, he's not a fan of Kubrick's uh, Shining. And so the fact that they got Kubrick's blessing or not Kubrick's estate's blessing and also Stephen King's blessing simultaneously is endlessly fascinating to me. So I'm 
super curious to know how they're going to, what that marriage is going to be like on screen. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if you can speak to this, Brian, as somebody who's read the book, but I don't know. I'm not very familiar with how different the shining book is from the movie that Kubrick did, but is there like certain character fates that are different that may cause Mike Flanagan to kind of take it in a different direction? Not necessarily. Some of the tone is definitely different in the original Shining book for sure. Uh, because that's why Stephen King was kind of pissed at the movie because it's like tonally different, uh, not what he intended, but it really worked as a film adaptation. And so with okay. here, uh, with Dr. Sleep, you know, I can't say because I haven't really seen any movie, just some of the stuff that I remember from the book seen on screen, like, oh, yeah, that's that moment. It looks cool. And I highly recommend anybody who hasn't read Dr. Sleep yet get it, uh, buy it at your local bookstore. Okay. Cool. Uh, Cole, what did you think? Uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fantastic. The imagery, you know, I mean, just as a film itself. Is it just a trailer? Um, it looked really nice. It looked very moody. Score was excellent. Didn't seem like it was going to overdo that sort of thing. Um, I mean, Ewan McGregor's great choice, great casting choice. Um, I think that, you know, we saw him and Big Fish sit back and reminisce about his dad and stuff like that. You know, I think that's an inspired choice. I think he's going to bring up, be able to bring a lot to that. Um, and nobody told me that they were going to just make this a straight up sequel to the movie, The Shining. So that's what's interesting to me is it just that's what it looks like to me because I just thought it was going to be the book and I'm fairly familiar with the book. Um, not I haven't read the whole thing, but I know elements of it like Rose the Hat and all that stuff and kind of what it means if um, kids are shining, you know, and like how that draws attention from other areas and to be vague and things like that. Um I think that Danny Torrance's story is what I'm going to grasp onto more than anything. You know, just a story of a person. I think, um, I mean, Mac, Mike Flanagan is fantastic. And it looks like he's bringing back some of the cast and the feel of Hill House. I mean, we saw that little girl who's in Hill House in the trailer. Mm -hmm. um, and then also uh, McKenna, what's her name? The young girl, right? Isn't she in that? The girl from that show, Gifted. Or something like this. She's like a girl in the trailer. So, I mean, because kid actors can ruin horror movies is why I bring that up um, completely. I mean, Alex Vincent is a good kid actor in a horror movie. But um, I, I think this is going to be great. I mean, Warner Brothers is going to kill it um, with these horror movies. I'm, you know, so are you guys more excited for this or... Oh, I was getting my horror movies mixed up. Okay, never mind. This, no, don't disregard what I said about that girl's name. I don't um, know. I'm kind of curious to know if you're uh, more excited about this or It Chapter 2. I like Mike Flanagan more than um, I like Andy Muschietti as a filmmaker, but I also love really that like story. Characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the jump scariness of It at all, but I think just as a film-going experience, it's just like incredibly um exciting you know i mean it was just so like just a roller coaster so i mean i think this is gonna be more meditative but um i'm, I'm excited to see where this goes I, I normally don't watch trailers but i just thought to myself fuck it you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and i was thinking about annabelle coming home instead it has that girl that was in anyway 
Well, um, I can talk about doll movies mixed up. Yeah, I, I, I'm house. looking forward to Doctor Sleep for sure, I think, more than it Chapter 2. I mean, I like Same. it Chapter 1, but Doctor Sleep, there's something about The Shining in this whole world, and now we have uh, McAvoy. Oh, my God. It's just, I I hope it's good. It looks good. The book's great. Go do Gregor. it. Yeah, that's you what like Doctor Sleep, the book? Not you like McAvoy, the Doctor Sleep book? McGregor. I did. I loved it. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. Because I'd heard some people that really just thought it was just really lame. No, but, it's um, good. It's good. That's awesome. So it's going to be like a marriage of the two. And, you know, Stephen King, I think that he's like, okay, if this is going to be remotely of quality, then he – I mean, because there's so many Stephen King adaptations that suck of good books like Thinner or something like that. But, like, you know, this you – know, he's going to make so much money, and he knows that. This is kind of – prestige you know it has this prestige behind it and yeah um you know i i mean look they're gonna get it covered from all angles i mean it's interesting that it's coming out in november i think or october or something yeah like november 8th so So that's interesting maybe an awards run day Uh, before my birthday i can't wait well uh i guess more as more footage comes out more trailers more information comes out uh we'll have more to reveal but yeah there's a lot to talk about with this trailer and if you haven't seen it go watch it go watch do y'all so, want in- more information uh i mean i mean it's part of our jobs to do it i don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to get into it. i've seen enough to know that i'm permanently going to be in that seat to watch it but <laughs> yeah um <That's> fantastic fest <laughs> Yeah, there is that possibility that it could play there. Um, be awesome. So, yeah, we're excited. So uh, I guess like it, that moves us to, I guess, speaking of bad adaptations, we can talk a little bit about Under the Dome. Yeah, because you, how... you said earlier that Stephen King didn't like this, the movie version of The Shining. It's, it's, yeah. his, it's, his, it's his forte. It's his arena. He doesn't like adaptations usually of his stuff. And again... With the TV show Under the Dome, Stephen King wants Netflix to redo it from scratch, which had me laughing. Uh, yeah, it seems like he'll uh, maybe people pay him well enough to say that it's a good adaptation. And then after a while, the truth comes out. And so, uh, I mean, he's been involved with the, the 2013 original series. Uh, he was an executive producer. He, he wrote one of the episodes. He has a cameo. And so, yeah, I guess just uh, after a while, uh, the truth kind of came out and he said that he's not really a fan of the complete arc of the story. And so uh, I guess with uh, Netflix showing that they're pretty capable of uh, handling uh, Stephen King adaptations outside of just WB, um, maybe that might uh, generate some excitement for it to happen. Yeah, I mean – if you get Stephen King back under it and Netflix has all this money, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I think it's funny. It originally was on CBS and I remember watching it and I remember the book and everything. Peter Weller directed some episodes too. Yeah, of Preston's best friend, Peter Weller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so it's we'll, we'll say, well, I mean, I don't see why Netflix wouldn't do this if they have Stephen King behind it, you know, and they get a good cast, which it seems like they would, but then again, for everybody who watched the CBS version, do we really want to go back and rewatch the whole thing again, basically? I don't know. Hell no. We got a really cool, uh, I guess, uh, twisted sister version of it with uh, Annihilation. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> Twisted Sister version. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the band, yes. <laughs> I want to rock, you know. Rock. So uh, let, let we'll, we'll see if this happens. This is a no no way actual like news as far as Netflix is doing it. This is just he just Stephen he King. just posted a tweet. Yeah, that's it. Hey Netflix, if you listening, get my get my story out there and do it right this time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that Stephen King news. Let's move on to uh, Stranger Things. A little bit of Stranger Things. If you're into mobile gaming on your phone or tablet, uh, and you played that Pokemon Go movie or no, movie game. Pokemon <laughs> Go game, uh, they're doing a Stranger. That's how much Brian crashed. Yeah, yeah, so, oh my god, I don't know Pokemon. Uh, Stranger Things is releasing a mobile game in the vein of Pokemon Go in 2020, so next year. So I guess it will be that augmented reality where you're going to be doing, I guess you'll be able to, my my vision is that you'll be able to have your phone out and then things will look like the upside down or something. I don't know. But... Pro- yeah, probably. Like you can go into certain areas and it'll be like the normal town and then go to other parts and it'll be the upside down. So it's uh, interesting. I guess it's going to be like in the style of an 80s animation cartoon as well, but uh, I don't know. Do y'all do any of these mobile games? Nope. No. <laughs> I, I I didn't either. I mean, I do. I, I, I play like my Simpsons tapped out game. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I play. What like, is that? Can I ask you about that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so it's basically like The Sims, uh, where or mm. Sim City, where you can build the town of Springfield and do all their characters have jobs and stuff like that. Oh, uh, that's cool. Is that on your phone? Yeah, it's on my phone. It's called Simpsons. Talk okay, cool. Out. I love The Simpsons. That's why I asked. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to. I had to ask. Yeah, I've been playing it for years, and it's just it's just fun to keep up with because they have like new events that come on every couple months and stuff like that. So it's didn't a Harry Potter one come out or did, or they did a Futurama one of this of similar, uh, but I don't remember a Harry Potter one, but I remember there was like, uh, they were putting out some news about wanting to do one. If I remember correctly, but yeah, uh, I guess I, you know, it doesn't interest me at all. Uh, I, I'm, I guess to go to the darker side, uh, and you know, people died playing uh, po- uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, sure. So yeah, it doesn't interest me. I have more productive ways to spend my time. There you go. Yeah, like so, like yeah. watching a strip nude for your killer. Yes, fantastic exactly. film, by the way. Um, so yeah, that's coming out in 2020. The net, the Stranger Things mobile game. I will probably get it and report on it. So, but moving on. To another bit of news, Miramax is up for sale. Uh, the whole Miramax library included. It looks like Lionsgate and Viacom are looking to purchase it. And that brings up a question. What's going to happen with Halloween and Scream franchises in the horror realm? Because we just had a successful Halloween movie. Even though, I must say, I watched the new Halloween film again last night. And holy shit, that movie is god-awful. Oh my god. (laughs) I had festival goggles on that fucking Fantastic Fest. And I watched it again. Holy fucking Moses. How How many times have you seen it? 
Uh, I think this is my second time. Second <laughs> time. I think Preston and I have seen it like maybe four or five times. Oh, At least God. I've seen it about four it, or five times. Yeah. I can't believe. Three or four times. Because I think my review was like, it's not good, but there's flashes of good moments. And I watched it again. I was like, holy shit, this movie is painstakingly bad. And I don't know what I thought in the theater. I think I was amped up because it was opening night and the, everybody was there and... Oh man, that movie sucks. <laughs> well, get ready. I should have whispered in your ear a little harder. Yeah, you should have. Uh, no, I, I still. I think. Yeah, me and Cole, we, we've all talked about this pretty extensively. I think <laughs> yeah. Cole and I are still. Uh, we're okay about it. Uh, we definitely recognize that it's a hugely problematic film, but I'm 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 excited about because I mean we spoke about I think last week about how Jason Blum put up a tweet saying that they're having discussions with Jamie Lee Curtis. And so I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know where it could go from here. Um, I hope that they can work out some sort of deal. Uh, Cause I, I think Blumhouse recognizes all the problems that it had uh, with that original release, but it was still fun enough to, you know, put butts in seats and make some money and, um, create some masks for halloween and all that sort of stuff but um maybe uh could could blumhouse just buy just that property i don't think that's gonna happen i think miramax properties are up and i think the sale go i mean lionsgate whoever buys it has to buy the entire thing you know it's like lionsgate is like oh you somebody wants to buy our biggest franchise no you know i think they have to buy the whole thing in which blumhouse there's a I think with Weinstein, there's a lot of genre stuff in there, but uh, I don't know. I, lot, yeah. What would happen? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with the Scream franchise and the Halloween franchise? Well, I would think that it would be like a, a, a partnership with Blumhouse, like whoever ends up buying it. Uh, so, because I, I, I think that with this, they're not going to be able to reinvent the the franchise again hoping to have uh jamie Lee curtis on board i think <laughs> that'd be that, pathetic yeah uh so I, I think they would have to work out some sort of partnership with blumhouse whoever ends up buying it but as far as scream goes uh i don't know what they could they could do there uh, that that third season was of the mtv show which i guess went to netflix uh uh, was completed, but they didn't release it. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea where it could go from there, especially without uh, Wes Craven around anymore. So Miramax was still attached to Halloween last year, even though it was released by Universal. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember. Brian, do you recall that the logo came up when you were watching it last night? It, it did, uh, because the the Halloween was Miramax, Blumhouse, and Universal co-production. So yeah. technically, if let's say Lionsgate gets Miramax's catalog, it could be a, you know, a Lionsgate Blumhouse Universal co-production. You know, sure. So that that could be the case, but with like something as big as that, and with as much money as the Halloween movie makes, I mean, that's it. Just it's kind of like you know the James Bond thing when like MGM mm-hmm. they were going through that and like it wasn't released for right. years and you know it's, it seems like every time that happens with James Bond so I don't know if this would put it in you know on the shelf for years or if they would like get back you would think it's like like Disney buying Star Wars they would like start churning out shit as soon as they got it but I don't know I don't know what they what they have 
Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not like a 2009 uh, Friday the 13th sort of situation. I think Friday the 13th 2009 is way better than the new Halloween is. Me too. I, I, I still think that there's just enough stuff there. There's enough. There's a foundation there for them to kind of create some interesting journeys with. And so uh, I, I, I really hope they work out something and that we still get the, that material cranking out pretty soon. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this, speaking of Miramax. So, um, you know that film, The Burning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's written by Harvey Weinstein, right? Or something like that? Or like produced by him or something like that? Do you yeah, know what I'm talking produced. about? I'm um, so up. is that? I am too, because I was just thinking about that. So The Burning um, and, from 1981, right? 19 yeah 1981 the, the slasher the slasher movie so that is that is produced by harvey weinstein and screenplay by his brother bob weinstein that's so weird to me and it's a miramax movie so do you think that they could reboot it <laughs> does, that, <laughs> does that does anybody want a the burning remake <laughs> yeah uh, of course. i mean i i'd be up for it but i, I doubt it would happen a sleepaway camp remake is that yeah. one too i don't know I don't but, think Sleepaway um, Camp is Miramax. I don't think so. Well, I mean, look, Miramax holds us. I mean, look, when I was eight, nine, ten years old, going through the '90s, um, and when Screen came out, it was a huge deal for me. And, and so, you know, these Miramax movies were very special. They should go. I think somewhere like Lionsgate would be a good place. Lionsgate has done right by um, a lot of horror stuff. A lot of it is really tacky, and that's cool with me. Um, so if they could, you know, edge up some stuff, I mean, if they could bring a new edge to scream. Well, Miramax was synonymous with Tarantino films. So Kevin Smith, right? Uh, Kevin Smith as well. Early Kevin Smith, I think. But yeah, Weinstein with Kevin Smith and Tarantino. I mean, they, that was the thing. So I wonder if they get their catalog, if we'll see more re-releases or, uh, I mean, Tarantino can do whatever he wants and Kevin Smith does whatever he wants, but Maybe there'll be more opportunities. I don't know. It's I think that could be cool. I mean, things shifting around is always exciting to me. I think. I mean, this is the. I mean, Doctor Sleep is cool, but this is like really a very exciting piece of news now that we're talking about it. I mean, more than I think we realize. I think it's going to really have a lot of cool effects. I just hope that it's like <laughs> a Disney acquisition because I know when Disney gets something, they immediately <laughs> are like going to go to town with it. So hopefully, when somebody takes over the Miramax catalog, we'll start to see like better collector edition releases or uh, remakes or reboot. I mean, not necessarily that, but re-releases of whatever. So we'll keep a fan in the position. We'll be fine. Yes. There you go. Pissing in the wind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I guess uh, speaking about Blumhouse, uh, Blumhouse, it dropped a poster yesterday of black Christmas. So they're going to be remaking a Black Christmas, uh, uh, I believe it was 1974, the original came out. There's a 2006 shitty remake, and we're going to have uh, a new filmmaker behind this. And Cole knows uh, a lot more about this filmmaker than I do, so take it away, Cole. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so you guys, I believe, did Black Christmas this past year, right? On yeah. The podcast? Yeah. That, I think we did it around the, Christmas. Yeah, that's one of the best ep- – I mean, like that's one of my favorite episodes. But that film is just – Absolutely incredible. So, um, so anyway, so Sophia to call, um, she did this movie called always shine that I saw. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, she has this really like indie sensibility, but like this very cool voice, I think, you know, I think it's going to be a very hip, like modern take on the film. Um, and she's right. And the writer of it is this woman, April Wolf, who I see on Twitter all the time talking mm-hmm. about, um, horror and stuff like that. And she's really smart. So, I mean, look, this movie I think is going to be timely for sure. I think that, you know, Black Christmas is a timeless movie. Um, it has proved that very much so um, for being that. So I think that it could be something new for today and like the Me Too era of filmmaking, all that cool stuff. I, I like that stuff and I'm open to it. But let's just hope they don't lean too heavily. Um, and if, to me, at least, that's that's my take. I still want it to have that timeless feel because I'm all for remakes. I honestly don't give a, a, a shit about remakes. I, I think they're fine, whatever, who cares? Um, so, I mean, I think some people are going to be upset about that, uh, you know, about something like that. But, you know, with her, I think that she's been around for a long time. She was in, like, Mumblecore stuff back when we were in college. And, you know, that Mumblecore stuff, you know, had a lot of imagination and, like, on-the-fly kind of filmmaking. So I don't know, like, really what it's going to be like. Maybe this is, like, a coming-out kind of thing. Um it's funny because not to put Jason uh, Blumstar on on blast, but you know he got a lot of shit for this tweet about female filmmakers mm-hmm. um, a while back. And then now, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Band Aid last year, but the director of that, Zoe Lister Jones, who's really funny, and that movie is fantastic. Like she's remaking The Craft as well. So I mean, yeah. both of these movies, I think, really, I think they chose well with their filmmakers. Um, yeah, they're giving. The it's, it's nice that they're giving the keys uh, to some pretty big properties to to uh, female filmmakers. Yeah, and the film doesn't really have a, that big of a cast. I mean, the biggest star is what Imogen Poots, who is like in the art of self defense, and which is great. But in Green Room, uh, Green Room. Twenty Eight Days Week Later, Green. Yes, yes, yes. She is in that. Um, but what's crazy is they they haven't even started shooting yet. This movie comes out in December. Yeah. That's insane. So they already they're gonna just like crank this shit out DIY style. Which How the hell well, are they the original doesn't the, yeah, the originals I mean there's not a lot of like Sets? movement to it. I mean I, I, I can see that they could turn that around pretty quickly. I think the thing that I'm I, I'm I'm very excited about the opportunity of of everybody that's involved and where it could go. At the at the same time, I'm, I think the thing that I'm most curious about is what the time period is going to be because, I mean, we've seen enough uh, horror films where they try to uh, get them jump started again and like Ring versus Rings and bring in like you know you know Ring the Ring was uh, VHS cassette tape putting that in popping mm-hmm. it in there's uh, there's a uh, interesting more interesting approach uh, to the story by setting it in a time where uh, the world wasn't so overrun with technology. And, and that's what makes uh, Black Christmas so great is those like great scenes of uh, them, like trying to figure out, trace the call like that's of them running down the hallway and then trying to hear for the sound like that. Those are great scenes of intensity. And if they bring in cell phones and all that, I just don't know how they're going to make that fascinating. Yeah, you can't. This movie would be ruined by cell phones, and you got to have someone that can do a really good voice. So that's going to be key as well, you know. Um, but I mean, they could just set it. I mean, there are films that we see that look modern, but cell phones they find clever ways. Or just, eighth grade, so eighth grade. Well, that movie's all about cell phones, but movies that like that you're able to take cell phones out, and you know, it feels timeless in a way. So maybe they'll do something like that. I mean, it was really exciting news. 
to hear that. It's just going to be interesting how they market this film and what they're going to get out of it. I mean, so they're going to shoot it, I think, pretty much right now, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this will be and the then they're going to third edit film? it. And, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, third film. Was that was Carrie Fisher in the remake, or was that something else? Something was that Sorority Row? I think it was Sorority that, Row. Okay, I never saw the Black Christmas remake, so I shouldn't see it at all. You know? but it came out in two thousand six, and Horror Van was just I mean, hostile. Came out that year, but I love that movie. But you know, it was just pretty much crap, right? There you I was the first remake. What do you think, Brian? You there? Hello. Brian abandoned this. I'm 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 back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. The the air conditioner came on and I was, I was like, oh no, I forgot to turn it off. I am back. Oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in the original. Or in the remake. The remake, yeah. She was also in the Thing remake too. Terrible. That, that was awful. Yeah. That the was. the thr- no, it's what is it, a sequel? Uh, no, it's the prequel. It's the one where you get to see the what happened on the other uh, base or something like that. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Anyways, um, okay. Moving on to a, a little bit of comic book news. If you're a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, uh, there's a new Buffy comic book series from Boom Studios uh, coming out. And uh, yeah, the when they first did Buffy the Vampire Slayer in comic book form, it basically was season eight, and it was done by Joss Whedon, and super cool. So that started in 2007, and it picked up right where the television series finale left off. So uh, there, so each comic book arc went in season. So season 12 concluded in September of 2018. But now um, Boom Studios has acquired the rights to the full property and will um, will be. Exploring more of that Whedon universe uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, if you are a comic book fan uh, and you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, get these because you'll be able to, uh, you know, go back to that famous town where Buffy and her friends are living and vampires. So, so, so is it a continuation or is it something that exists with the same characters again but new? Um, from what I've been reading, it's uh, basically there's it's going to be a, a jumping on point for people who are not familiar with the series. So mm-hmm. they're going to bring back the character and uh, going kind of like um, not starting over, but like kind of reintroducing everybody. So that's what I maybe been, like in between moments. Yes, what we've seen. So I think that'll be kind of cool, but uh, I'm kind of kind of excited for that because the other Buffy comics were pretty good. So there you go, Buffy the Vampire Slayers rejoice. Good, good stuff. Um, as far as news, I'm not sure what else we have. What else do we have? Far as news wise, uh, I mean, there's a couple uh, home releases that I'm excited about from Scream Factory and Shout Factory that, that are coming out. I, I don't know if we've mentioned them in the past, but I'll just kind of go through them real fast. Uh, okay. So there's uh, John Carpenter's Vampires is getting a collector's edition that yes. comes out uh, September 24th. Uh, I know mm-hmm. uh, Twilight Time did their uh, collector's edition, um, but this one will have all the, you know, the slip cover, new art, and mm-hmm. uh, new features, and all of that sorts of fun stuff. So that's one to look out for. Um, 
I've talked about this uh, extensively on the podcast, how I'm uh, a big fan of getting into like the hammer stuff and, or I am a fan of, of watching hammer stuff. And so um, there's uh, scars of Dracula that's coming out. So I guess I've seen like almost all of them at this point, um, or at least the Dracula films. Um, they get really bad as they go on and very repetitive. And then they just put Christopher Lee, uh, face on the on the poster or the cover art and then it's about other shit and it's not that good but uh, <laughs> i have not seen the scars of dracula so i guess we'll see i haven't looked up to see when the release date uh, of the film was so if it's like uh 59 in between 59 and uh 1969 i think it could be pretty good um uh, and then uh, there's The Wind, uh, which uh, Cole and I are a fan of. Uh, so mm-hmm. IFC Midnight put that out. And so uh, they're, naturally, they're going to be, Scream Factory is going to be putting out the release of that. Um, and it's coming out September 3rd. However, if you look at the cover art, it has, a, it's either a new slogan or <laughs> it's like something added to the title of the film, which says The Wind, but underneath it, it says Demons of the Prairie, which uh, makes it look like it's a, a subtitle. So I, I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, maybe they're trying to get some more people intrigued by the story because the wind could be about anything. Um, but uh, It sounds like a Walmart bin. T- it sounds like, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but it sounds like it's going to get like Walmart $5 bin shoppers to look at it. Like that just correct. seems like so straight. To th- and that movie is not that at all. It's like... A very particular horror fan is going to like that movie. It's very yeah. It's more it's more uh, contemplative and yes. uh, yeah. So not not really about uh, a, a demon Demons per se. I, I mean, mean, it is, but 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 not as not to the degree that you may think it is. But so uh, yeah, the wind and, and then uh, there's a couple other IFC ones that are rolling over to uh, I trapped the devil, which I hated. Um, with uh what's his name aj bowen um that's coming out august 20th through shout factory or scream factory and um they're also doing uh was it uh charles uh charles oh charlie says charlie charlie says yeah Yeah, i mean we see that i still haven't seen it um so they're going to be putting that one out to uh, pretty s- sooner. I think it's like early August. Um, and then uh, Horror of Frankenstein uh, is going to be coming out August 20th. That one does not have Boris Karloff in it. But uh, Horror of Dracula is my favorite Dracula movie um, with Christopher Lee. And so um, I don't know, just the title alone has me intrigued to see kind of where it goes. And from what I've read, it's uh, it's fun, and but maybe not uh as uh i guess i could say thoughtful again as uh horror of dracula but um so yeah there's there's some fun stuff in there sweet um can i add something about the ifc midnight stuff um sure so if people don't want you know i know we're a physical media three here but you know there's certain things it's hard to catch up on so um if you noticed, um, like Brian recommended this movie called Pledge a while back, um, yeah. like maybe sometime last year or this year or something, um, and it's on Hulu now. You know, all these IFC Midnight movies that are these modern horror movies that are not like a Blumhouse release, but they're pretty good. Pie Wackets, one of them I watched on Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. Clove Hitch Killer is one I watched on Hulu. 
uh, Pledge is one I watched. All the all these movies are p- pretty solid, and you can watch them there if you don't um, have the funds or don't have access to some of these films. But uh, they'll be on there a few months after they come out, um, which is awesome. I mean, it's a great resource. So just wanted to add that. No, I like that. I, I like the Pledge. It was fun. I'm glad it's on Hulu. It was. It was cool. That was a wild movie. That was. All right. Uh, that's it for 50 our... minutes of news. Let's go. Yeah. Bloody news uh, segment is over. Uh, we are moving on to our fun bloody question where we will ask a fun horror question. We'll answer it, have a little talk, and we'll go to the internet, to Reddit, and see what our, our listeners have given us responses. Usually they're pretty funny. So the first question we had this week, we kind of already did and I forgot about it. So we did another one and it was called the, the question. Our bloody question was, could you survive a zombie outbreak? So basically there's a zombie apocalypse happening where you live. Could you survive it or how you, how would you survive it? Preston? Uh, um, I mean, it's something that I think about a lot when I watch movies that are either that are either about, uh, you know, survival or a zombie outbreak. I like to try to put myself in that character situation and, and like fantasize, like if I could actually survive the situation. But um, a, a zombie outbreak, I would like to think that I would be smart enough to be able to because my ideal like fortress that I would create for myself would be some sort of like castle situation where I would uh, work with people that would have some kind of like grinder at the very bottom, the base of the castle, where uh, assuming that the zombies do not operate like they do in World War Z um, or Lord of the Rings, they can... um, They'll they'll just be knocking at the door, kind of like creating a, a fortress like 28 days later, except uh, once they get to the base, they fall and then they go through a grinder system so they can just endlessly come and then just be killed off. But uh, that's a lot of work. Uh, so I feel like I would die in the process of trying to make that that uh, work for myself. So. I I think I would be more confident than I would be than reality would set in, and then I would totally die. <laughs> so, how long would you survive? Uh, maybe a month. All right, all right. Poor Preston, he give it his best. Um, Cole, could you survive a zombie hey, outbreak? I mean, I could, but. Um, uh, there's a couple of caveats. Um, the first caveat is which movie am I in? The second caveat is I, I, I like things to just be over with. That's my thing. It's like, I like not like a podcast, but, um, things that I'm doing. So if I like need to get groceries or something, I like just want it to be done just so I can. So I'm somebody who dreads a lot of things. So I would dread how I was going to die. So I would just want it to be over with bit, Okay. If we're just going to die here, like, I just want it to happen as quickly as possible because I do not want to suffer. I'm terrified of that. And so to so me, you it's would just seek a, being a hero. You wouldn't yeah. want to be, uh, no, uh, a dweeb and go kill yourself, but maybe just yeah. like, Oh, here's an opportunity. For I would, to be a yes. Hero. Yes. One, I mean, I don't know if I would have that in me. Who knows? Who's to say, but I mean, look, that to me is just so terrifying to lead up of like, okay, you know, when you're watching a film and you see the people, you know, just like surviving and it, it just keeps getting further and further down. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there was a film recently. I can't recall what I watched, but where I thought that. And I was like, dude, I just want it to be over with. And so when I saw this question, I was just like, you know, I mean, if it's a movie like 
um, the one we're about to talk about, maybe, or that would be kind of funny. But uh, if there's something like Train to Busan or Zack Snyder's Dawn, definitely not Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. That would be awful. I would jump off the roof of that mall and immediately. That is terrifying. But, um, you know, I, I don't. No, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I I would try to last as long as because I you know thinking of my child, I would right. I, I, it'd be like a cargo situation for me. Uh, that movie Cargo uh, with uh, Martin Freeman or that short of him just doing everything that he can to protect this kid. So I mean, that would be my main priority yeah. is to make sure that I can uh, keep him alive until the point of where he can take care of himself, or if I knew like that he was in capable hands. So. You'd be like Viggo Mortensen in the road. Oh, yeah. That'd be you. I would just be <laughs> frantic. Oh, my God. I'd be like I'd be like Kermit the Frog ah! or something like with my hands in the air. That's good. That's good. I like it. Well, I'm sorry to see y'all that y'all would uh, die in the zombie outbreak because I <laughs> would fucking survive that shit. <laughs> I am not dying. <laughs> I have planned this out for the last 15 years. I have journals on it. I have written about it and what I would do. Uh, I would survive that shit. Um, so in a realistic zombie scenario, you, you're really not going to have any zombies that are running. They're going to kind of be slow. And so I would makeshift um some armor either out of phone books magazines you know on the perfect bite places and you you would try to find survivors that you could trust and then you would head somewhere and fortify something and start gardens and shit like that you know survive basically and then i would imagine the body would decay after a couple years like for real so you'd really only have to survive for a couple years um for that. Uh, but yes, uh, I would definitely survive. I could survive it. I, I know how to handle guns and knives and throwing sharp objects. I've practiced since college. So, uh, yeah, I think I would survive. I would, I would hope y'all, I would find y'all on the road and we would, uh, we would f- form a band of three amigos sort of thing. <laughs> Just uh, actually, we would need four amigos if we find Keanu Reeves. We're okay. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I would. I would definitely survive. I would definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go to Reddit and read some of these hilarious responses we got. Jack Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Fantastic name, sir. My greatest fear is that the zombie apocalypse that I've been waiting for my whole life for, what my whole life for, finally happens, and I end up being the first to go, and I don't get to enjoy any of it. (laughs) I think that's a funny answer. Um, Y'all, are y'all there? Y'all still there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tail E Moore says, "No, I refuse to eat anything weird. If a zombie apocalypse happened, I would likely starve." <laughs> uh high rise drifter um says i'll die i need medication to stay alive i'd die but i'd take myself out thanks no coming back as a zombie for me and then thor's fig responded Samish, first asthma attack and i'm a goner <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would be like that dude. I would have to keep my glasses. That's the thing. Is like I'm a glass. You'd be like the dude in the mummy. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> like the dude in the mummy. Lower my glasses. My 
glasses or Millhouse, one of the two. Oh, that's funny. Uh, SASDDL said Walmart, guns, food, axes, medicine. That was his comment. So I guess he's surviving. Our good friend and listener, Movie Mike 007, says, I have about a dozen Lord of the Rings swords. That should help take out some zombies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully they're sharp, Movie Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. What is a, 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 another really good one? F. Matthews says, I really relate to someone like Jim from 28 Days Later. If I would be lucky like him to find people early on, maybe I would manage to survive for some time. Which is a pretty good answer. Cavalier78 said, I'm in good health and I have guns. My parents have a farm with cows about an hour outside of the city. Unless I get caught completely by surprise, I should be okay. So there you go. Uh, and then our last one, at one with shrooms, uh, said, My family has years of provisions ready to go when the electrical grid eventually gets taken over by a solar flare or hacking. Or for any of number of reasons, zombies would just take a few simple adjustments to the plan. So there you go. People seem cool. – some people would go instantly. Some seem to uh, survive uh, for a while. So – let us know at mybloodypodcast at gmail dot com um, if you could survive a zombie outbreak. But moving on to uh, our bloody recommendation section before we get to our main event, the dead don't die. Uh, bloody recommendations is where we suggest a vintage or a new film or TV show that we want you to check out in the horror uh, genre that you should just you should just watch because we love it. So I'll start out this one. I'll start out the uh, what, what am I hearing in the background? I'm Q. hearing somebody shaking. That's my clicking from my dog. Oh, okay. On there the floorboards. There you go. Um, so well, hello to the puppy. Um, my recommendation this week in a line with the Dead Don't Die, I'm going to recommend Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Yes, the sequel to Dead Snow. Have y'all seen this? Hello? Anybody? Anybody I there? have not. No. We're, we're, yeah, I, we're, we're I, yeah, being courteous. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I saw this. I mean, this one has uh, Bill Haverchuk, right? Yeah, Bill Haverchuk. Yes, he is absolutely in this movie. <laughs> Martin Starr. Uh, yeah, Martin Starr. <laughs> so this movie is a sequel to uh, Dead Snow, which is Russian zombies. Uh, well, not Russian zombies, actually. It is Nazi zombies. But in Red vs. Dead, it is Russians and Nazi zombies. So, of course, there's tons of zombie movies out there. And everywhere you look, it just, you know, there's something in a different style of zombies out there. So now uh, you have Nazi zombies. So in 2009, you got Dead Snow. And now, uh, five years later after that, you got the sequel called Dead Snow 2 Red vs. Dead, which is the Russians versus the Nazi zombies. And it is just as good, if not better, than the original. Um, and so it's a. It's an excellent homage to Army of Darkness, (laughs) which starts off as a narration from Martin from the original film, the sole survivor from the first film, who gives a great and gory recap of the first movie, which leads us into the second movie, uh, which is just quite fun. And so basically... 
there are three siblings in their parents' basement preparing for the zombie apocalypse. One of them is Martin Starr. The other is Ingrid Haas from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And they actually are like – they want to fight zombies. So they head to Norway to fight zombies. They're just kind of like – just they're not – trained in any way really they just like want to go fight them so they do that and as they're fighting zombies the entire like russian army comes up from the dead to fight with (laughs) them the nazi zombies and it is so fucking fun uh visual effects are very good it's very gory there's a lot of practical effects in this uh it's recommended you see some of the pictures and stuff like this you're just like holy shit this looks like fun they you know they take it not seriously but they also take some of the action seriously and it's just it's just well done um, there is an audio commentary on this Blu-ray release. There's, uh, stuff about the visual effects for the film. Highly recommended. Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. You will like it. And if you haven't seen the first one, don't worry about it. There's a great, uh, great narration in what you missed from the first one. Just go directly into this second film. So that is my recommendation this week. Uh, Cole, you want to start us off? Or give mm-hmm. us your recommendation. So, I these are two movies that one of them I okay. So I have two, but they're short. Um, so I'm going to this um, horror series every weekend. Not every weekend, but I usually go a lot. Called Graveyard Shift at Alamo Draft House. Sorry, I was knee deep in pistachios and I was listening to you. You need to probably should edit that out. Sorry. Um. So I um. I uh, one of these films I have seen, and another one I haven't seen. The first one is a Blu-ray cover that I've seen a lot, and I've been so interested to see it, but I've never been able to um, pull the trigger on buying the Blu-ray. And it's a double feature in a, a Screen Factory set, and that movie's Terror Vision. Have y'all ever seen Terror Vision? Either one of y'all? No. I have y'all not. I've seen it. Right? I have it. Okay. You have it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I've seen so, it. I like it. So I like movies that really take you into that feeling of, you know, you know how you can't really remember your memories. Like if you saw Motel Hell in like 1993, you'd be like, wait, what was my memory of that as a young child or something like that? Um, these movies that go into like the television, because that's what television is about. It's about like essentially a um, killer television or something like that that turns into creatures or gets creatures to come in. It's like a it's like a signal or something like that. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but it really has this cool vibe to it, at least from the artwork. That's what I'm going off of, essentially, and a few of the images that they've shared um, at the Alamo um, that um, go into this really cool aesthetic that I like a lot that really has this like old-school CRT um, midnight movie kind of feel to it. And I like that feeling. Um, and the movie seems pretty inconsequential, which is cool. It's like 90 or 83 minutes, I think. And I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see it. And it looks like it has some really neat creature design stuff. And it just looks like it's going to be an awesome, fun uh, film to put in my toolbox of uh, films that I've seen. Um, it's in a Dead Time Stories, ter- ter- Terror Vision uh, double pack is what it is. And the second movie is a movie I have seen that you can't find anywhere right now. So it is like a must watch. Um, it's another movie about crazy vapor wave going into the television thing. And that movie um, is something I used to get confused with Mom and Dad Save the World with uh, Ferris Bueller's uh, principal in it. 
Um, and this movie is uh, Stay Tuned with uh, John uh, Ritter. Um, you can't find it anywhere. It's from like 1992. And they get sucked into cable TV, essentially. So um, it has this kind of like Joe Dante feel to it where they like go into this cartoon world and they have to survive that. They go into this channel and have to survive that. And it's this like really twisted black humor movie that I legit have not seen um since probably 1996 um but it was something that really stuck with me because i thought it was so strange um and you can't find it anywhere so i mean i'm sure you can get like a dvd on ebay or something like that but um it's 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 interesting though i mean it's it had a big budget you know and it's directed by uh, peter hyams who did time cop which is fantastic um and did uh, end of days and and movies like that and so and it's this really funny comedy and you have um john ritter that's in it too so i mean it, it's it's gonna be really fun i'm going tonight at 9 p.m so i mean you know i would say get online and check out the trailer it's um it's Sweet. it's a one that i'm really really uh, stoked to see so um it's nothing that i have super fresh on my brain or anything like that but um i still wanted to kind of give those movies uh some love and i'm wanting to say wally fister is the cinematographer on that but don't quote me on on that so Okay, um, that's a good. Okay, that's a okay, it's a good one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'll see you guys later. Later, buddy. <laughs> Preston, let's hear yours. Let me guess. Is it your? Is it uh, what we do in the shadows again? <laughs> uh, no, that one's done. Um, uh, I guess like, well, too too old to die young is uh, on Amazon right now. All ten episodes, so you can watch that. Um, I was going to go with the movie trigger effect, uh, cause of me not having electricity for a little bit. Cause I just <laughs> watched that movie last week and it has to, and it deals with, uh, uh, a blackout in Los Angeles. And then it's causing like people to become like a purge type situation to happen. People just start losing their shit. Um, and it's kind of scary and they, and has Kyle McLaughlin in it and Elizabeth Shue and they play a couple and they have a baby and it's just like trying to keep that baby alive. So like quiet place kind of feel. So, um, you should watch that one. But, uh, the one that I really want to highlight this week is one that, uh, Cole and I have been talking a little bit about, uh, here and there. And that's 1982's The Entity. Um, oh, Yes. Uh, so this this film uh, has uh, Barbara Hershey in it, and um, she plays this woman who is uh, tormented and sexually molested. Like she is raped in the in the film by an invisible demon, and it's based on a true story that happened in 1976 in California, I believe. And so um, it's and it's directed by uh, Sidney J. Fear, uh, Fury Fury um, and directed Superman movie, uh, Quest for Peace. Uh, so uh, take that if you will. But uh, the entity is very good. Um, the It's become such an iconic uh, piece of horror that the Bernstein score um, You're kind of cutting out, buddy. Uh do you have other? How, how much did I cut out? Just a little bit for the last couple of seconds. Okay, so uh, the the score from Charles Bernstein is so iconic that it was used in Inglorious Bastards. Um, it's the scene where Shoshana meets uh, Hans Landa again, and then there's just like this <laughs> kind of noise that's going on. Um, 
Uh, I, I think it was even inspired Disaster Pieces uh, score for It Follows because the very opening track of the film called Heels has that kind of feel to it. So um, there's uh, there's all aspects of film are at play here and they're they're done very well, even the camera work. And so but uh, what makes the film so terrifying is like, you know, what we we're saying earlier about The Shining and what we hope for with Dr. Sleep is that um, it focuses more on characters and then the horror elements kind of come into play when they need to, ultimately making the movie more terrifying. So it doesn't have jump scares. It just has like these moments uh, that where it's cranking up the dread. Uh, so like I think Cole at one point maybe recommended Hollow Man or at least mentioned it. <laughs> um <laughs> So Definitely. there's a scene in this film, um, well, there's a couple of scenes where uh, Barbara Hershey's character, who is a mother, um, she has two kids, or two, she has three kids. One of them is older, and she has kind of like this ancestral kind of relationship with this child. It's, it's a bit strange. Um, they even bring it up. A psychiatrist character kind of brings it up in the film. But uh, she's just very affectionate. Uh, towards this kid and he's he's older um but she out of nowhere she is uh just raped one night by this ghost uh slaps her in the face she gets, has a bloody mouth and then it's it's a graphic scene uh, how they portray it is just completely unnerving and throughout the film whenever they show her getting attacked by this entity it's it's highly disturbing like there's like a shower there's a bathroom scene oh we lost preston Oof. there was a shower scene Oof. um just see the movie uh, i'm just kidding i'm so fired up about the movie that just just see the movie. Preston, are you all right over there? Is somebody do, downloading some video over there? You're cutting out pretty big. No. Um, it could be because of the storm that our, our uh, internet is wonky, so uh-huh. I have no idea. But the, the uh, entity. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I, I you, That's another movie you can't find anywhere, and so it's like a must-buy. I mean, I'm, I don't order from um, – I'm going to put them on – mother effing blast right now i do not order from scream factory or shout factory and i suggest you be weary when you're doing it because they will lose your order and sometimes they take forever um so you're on notice your product is amazing so i'll buy it (laughs) nope well there cole is again i don't know what is the deal with this connection i think it's you i heard cole just fine really is it me? Yeah, and I was fired up too. Yeah, it's you. It's not you. It's, it's me. It's, it's not. It's, it's not uh, me. It's you. I break. You have no idea. That's weird. Well, yeah. Well, uh, man, I feel like uh, we went from uh, erect to flaccid. So uh, <laughs> um, I'm still erect. Some- I'm still erect. <laughs> Well, can are we good? I mean, can you salvage that? Yeah, yeah, I can salvage that. It was, it, it's fine. I just, it's like a little bit. It's like only for a couple seconds, so I don't, I'm not sure what's happening. Well, that's here. okay. But so, I mean, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call a movie training company in Dallas because uh, though I, I tell them 
you know, um, so there's other ways to do it. Yeah, and sometimes I, you can catch them on Best Buy. Like I caught the Green Inferno on Best Buy for um, twenty bucks or something like that. But um, so I, I mean, Halloween there were, three there with the slip cover. Yeah. Uh, oh, when I went what? to go get my Toy Story, it's crazy. That's really strange because that has to be back from like two thousand or something like that. Um, so if I don't get to come up to Dallas, um, within the next few weeks, which I might actually be able to, I'm going to call them and get that. Cause I'm dying to see that film. I've, I've heard a lot of things and, um, I like Barbara Hershey. I mean, she was awesome in black Swan. So I'm, I'm stoked to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's still so much to say with the movie, but I, you know, it's, um, I think it's pretty up there, um, in terms of just high quality horror films. Um, I, on one of the special features, it's actually an interview with, I feel like maybe if I speak slower, maybe his uh, <laughs> internet will pick that up. <laughs> um, so um, in the extras, she, Barbara Hershey talks about, she, and I've said this before on the podcast with like, what, what's great about a lot of the Scream Factory extras is that they, um, they're open, they're honest. It's been a long time, so they can just say whatever they want about the film. They're not tied to it. They don't have Disney sticking a knife in their side or anything like that. It's not an <laughs> EPK TV kind of thing or uh, something like that. And so um, she uh, offers some criticism about the film that I completely wow. agree with. Um, and she talks a lot about the last moment of the film, which I'm not going to spoil here, but they it could have been a little subtler. And so um, I just think from a large majority of it it's super effective like the characters are really well established and they do a very good job of um creating this kind of situation where it's like is she actually is she crazy like because she's had uh trauma in her past abusive husband abusive family that sort of thing and so is is it is it really her experiencing some sort of invisible demon or is it something that's just been kind of created because of the trauma that she's had? So they do a very good job of kind of like dancing in that line, um, between that line. And so, uh, I, I just, you know, again, there's, a, there's just all the elements of horror at play. And I think they're a, a filmmaking at play and they create a very effective horror film. Sweet. The Entity, Scream Factory, do it. Good recommendation. All good recommendations this week. You should see. Let's all of do these. another round. Let's do another. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get to. We gotta get to our main feature presentation. We'll, we'll uh, do more. Me and me and Brian do. Cole may may uh, check out. But we have to tell. No, I'm yeah, not gonna we, check we, out. We have to. We have to tell Cole why he's wrong in his. In his opinion. Right. Well, it's not necessarily about right and wrong. I think it's just you know the way that the it's a movie. It's, man. it's a movie built on taste. So, so, so Cole's uh, wrong. It works for you, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna get my word in here. So you, I know you are. I know up. you are. Uh, so, man, um, Cole, you should have been here for the podcast that I had about 2019's Pet Cemetery. It was fucking frustrating <laughs> because press oh was, brian is brian still hated wrong. it right oh yeah yeah press uh, is ridiculous i can't believe preston liked that movie <laughs> but we're, we're talking here. about we're talking about the new film the dead don't okay. die 
um, Jim Jarmusch's new film, and this is if you haven't if you don't know Jim Jarmusch, like think about only is it Jim Jarmusch or is it Jim Jarmusch? Jim Jarmusch. Jarmusch. It's how you talk. Jim Jarmusch. I like Jim Jarmusch better. <laughs> uh, the Moosh. He, he directed uh, movies like Dead Man, Only Lovers Left Alive, Coffee and Cigarettes. Good, good director. So, very good. Director. What it seemed like with this movie that uh, The Dead Don't Die, which comes out this week, it's 103 minutes uh, from Focus Features, and it stars an insane cast, including Bill Murray, Adam Driver. Tilda Swinton, Chloe Sevigny, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Caleb Landry-Jones, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, The RZA, Carol Kane, Selena Gomez, and of course the best, Tom Waits. And uh, it's an insane – so what basically – seeing the, the trailer for the film, my expectations were like, holy shit, this looks right up my alley – and then after seeing the movie, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, this was so much fun. It looks it, – it looked exactly or felt exactly like Jim Jarmusch just wanted to get together with his good friends who he's made movies with. And uh, he um, – are y'all still there? Y'all still there. That's right. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he made a movie with his friends that he's made – films with over the years like hey guys we're gonna have a good time we're gonna make a zombie movie that just like goes all sorts of crazy places have fun with it improv and we'll burn that fourth wall down to the ground it's gonna be fun and i feel like that's what it was what do you guys think uh, well first of all as preston said i think preston and i really like the movie but it seems like cole didn't like it so cole first off tell us why you didn't like the movie? Wait, let me let me bridge it. Okay. Uh, yeah, bridge it. Because I I think uh, Brian likes it the most out of us, and I really like it. But I uh, recognize that it's not a movie for everyone. It does have issues in terms of being a zombie movie. But I think just as Brian said, with it being just a opportunity for Jim Jarmusch to bring together all these actors that he really likes working with and just having fun. I think it works in that level. I had such a great time with the character banter and uh, just like certain details such as Steve Buscemi's racist farmer character who wears like a red Trump inspired hat that says make America white again. Um, <laughs> and then they have like this so funny scene where he's like eating at a diner. And then he's like, I don't like my coffee black while sitting right next to Danny Glover's character. So there's just like all these little funny little things, nuggets throughout the film that are just Real, that I just can't help but de- devour, especially like, from Adam. Yeah, Adam Driver loved all his uh, bits, and I, Cole and I talked about this uh, in conversation a little bit before we recorded this. But like, there's just so many lines that Adam Driver, and especially like the way that he delivers certain lines. Uh, I, I I love it when he first stumbles upon the zombie mess. When uh, Iggy Pop's character and, and another woman, they, they walk or in a woman, they walk into a diner and they, it's the first zombie kill of the film. And then they Danny Glover's there and he, he's like, it looks like a, a wild animal or something attacked. <laughs> and then uh, Dan, or Bill Murray walks in there and he says the same thing. And then 
Uh, so does uh, Adam Driver, but he walks in there and says, "Oh yuck!" Yeah, and it's just oh, like oh, all yuck. these. <laughs> And it's a so it's the dry humor, and it's not only the dialogue; yeah. it's like background stuff. Like you have the RZA from Wu Tang Clan driving a UPS car, but it's called Wu PS with like the Wu Tang Clan symbol. It's like it's fantastic. It's like stuff like that. Yeah. Or Rosie so, Perez playing a reporter called Posey Juarez. <laughs> it's yeah. just good. Yeah, yeah, it's just silly, and it's just so much fun, but I think as a zombie movie, I mean, it sets up where it's going to be something kind of different on the genre, in that it's, uh, you know, it's due to polar fracking, which is the Earth is off its axis, and it's causing weird shit to happen, and that's the reason why the outbreak happens, not a rage virus or some kind of, like, government secret outbreak or anything like that, and so... By by the end of it, I could see why some people would say would completely check out, and that's disregarding the fact that it really breaks the fourth wall there, and that uh, there's some sort of weird thing that happens with Tilda Swinton's character out of nowhere. But <laughs> um, it, it but just, it makes it, sense it, because it, she's like the oddball so much. You're like something's up. Yeah, and then I, it I just mean, like, you oh, could, there, there's strong arguments that could be made to, for for all the decisions that happen in this film but i think as far as a zombie movie goes it's not it's not really super innovative or anything like that there's no like oh my god that was an absolutely creative kill or anything like that it was just like it's just an opportunity for, for all these great actors to just kind of play dress up and have fun crack jokes inside a, a genre film and, that, I think and that's, that's all what it is. made it good i think that's what made it yeah. original there's you haven't seen like that before yet and it was like in the sea of zombie stuff that all looks more or less the same here and there with the exception of a couple this one was like oh man they this is great i i like this so, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Preston. I, but I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this for sure. But did you not lose your attention a little bit by the end that the fact that they spin their wheels? Oh, not at all. No, I, was, I wanted more. I was like, oh, I love these characters. I, I, this was great. I had a, I did not get bored or like, oh, when is this over? No way. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I was in, I was into it the entire time, but I, I still felt a little bit of a tug from uh, them kind of just being lost in their confusion of like what to do for a long time. That the most interesting zombie movies to me are when characters are like they, they at least have one character that has it kind of figured out and super confident. And I guess that's Tilda Swinton's character, and she you know does what she does in the film. But uh, I. I, I like if I had to criticize the film a little bit, that's where I would go. I would say that um, in terms of being a, a zombie movie uh, of like moving uh, zombie movie. Are you there? Yeah. I'm yeah, here. I'm here. All right. All yeah. Right. So, Cole. Anybody? Yeah. Cole, what go do you think? Go for it, Cole. Yeah, go. Yes. What do you think? I, I, I'm kidding. I actually think this movie is uh, the best of the year. I'm, I was lying the whole time. I lied in my review. I 
I, I've been convinced. No, I'm kidding. I, I think this movie... Uh, <laughs> I love Jim Jarmusch. I think Patterson is incredible. I think that Dead Man is great. I think that... Uh, oh my gosh, what's the Roberto Benigni one where they're like, you scream, I scream, we all scream. Uh, what's that movie called? It's like one of his first movies. Um, oh my God, I hate it when this happens. But I'm, I, like his, I like his films. Down by Law. I like his films a lot. It's a Tom Waits movie. I thought... Yeah, Tom Waits is incredible in that movie. Um, Tom Waits is just incredible no matter what, honestly. But um, He does a good job know, playing Bobby Monaghan. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Adam Driver, Iggy Pop going coffee is great. It's great. I mean, truly great, I think. Um, I think that, you know, this isn't going to end well. It's pretty good, you know. The mm-hmm. the way that Jarmusch, his effortlessly chill vibe comes across even in the killings, um, I think people are going to be very jarred in a good way when they see um, the first zombie kill um, because it, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's really cool, really creative, great visual effects. So, But I think as a whole... The movie just doesn't give an F about like beatniks or something like Bill Murray and Jim Jarmusch sitting around doing this for themselves. It seems very masturbatory in a way that's like, you know, it even involves their political opinions, which I probably would agree with, but... I still think, as far as the film is concerned, um, it's laid on a bit too thick. And I think that the humor wears thin. Uh, I'm, I, for one, can only take Bill Murray in small doses, so maybe that has something to do with my there enjoyment of the film. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I, I just la- That's me, like that meme of like the guy like slapping down a card. That was me slapping down my Bill Murray card. But I, I love Ghostbusters. He's great in that. But, um, um, you know, and Rushmore. But very few times do I really like his work. Adam Driver has so many great lines. Um, there's one line that is not funny but cracks me up, though, um, that I will say. Um, because his humor is still there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, there's this line where he he says to uh, – Bill Murray says to Adam Driver, and Preston and I talked about this um, the other day when we were talking on the phone, is he said – he goes, oh, man, you got a pretty good cut there, officer. He's, oh, yeah, you know, I, I played single A. <laughs> while back because that was a long time ago and it's really funny it's you know? a great really line funny. it is a great line but I, I just think the film as a whole it really frustrated me to the point where it made me angry um by the end of it because you know it does get very metatextual and you know but it has good characters it just to me great again don't think about that you want to get this like whimsiness to me it's like what are you doing dude you know and jim jarmusch has had some really good films he's also had some films i don't i I don't like very much like night on earth is a film i didn't like very much um of his i've seen most of his stuff um 
I think Patterson, though, is just masterful, masterful. So if anything, if you guys want to talk about Patterson, we can do that. But um, I, to me, I just think this movie was all over the place, and I don't think it actually took itself seriously in any sort of way as like a piece of art or anything like that. I, I, I felt like it was very lazy um, by the end of it, and that's what frustrated me because – um, you could feel the laziness coming through. I mean, you could tell that maybe he lost interest with the subject matter or whatnot. And it did just feel like, oh, well, hey, well, I'm going to get all these people that I know to come hang out, you know. And it's like, for what? I was like, why are we doing this? I mean, it kind of felt like one of these really lame movies. Like, like I'm trying to think of like. You're taking like, the oh, movie God. and you're putting it on a pedestal. It, yeah, I, it, I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that he just found lazy. I think it was just like a, a rundown country town. Everybody's like super chill, and it's just yeah. like dry humor. Cool. And it's basically them just like, "Well, this is happening. What do we do? Okay, we'll do this." And it's you know, all these characters are very dry and and funny at the same time. However, he also you know in the like in the beginning of the attack some of these characters get killed off so you're like oh well this is like kind of true to life not everybody's going to survive here and i just thought that was cool how they just like just kind of happened and did that yeah it it breaks it's it's frustrating you know i mean it to me this is something that i should like i'm not a big fan of zombies I, i need a break um totally like a break like complete like if I can mute them on Twitter, uh, like what, you know, I want that in my life. Um, but, um, you know, I just think that the, the, the pretty much the thematic stuff that came, that comes with the fracking and the global access or whatever that like we're off of our axis, which is a cool explanation, but I don't want it to be this very newsy sort of thing. I, I think that that just seems a little bit beneath where we were headed. You know, I've, yeah, I just wanted it to be this weird, lethargic, zen-like, inexplicable movie. But, you know, I, and to me, it just fell so flat by the end. Because, I mean, all the stuff that you're bringing, all these lines are, are great. I mean, I will probably say coffee for years. I mean, it is like Stone Cold Classic. So, But, yeah, I still just can't grant it a pass as a whole. I, I've, I've tried to be tougher on films this year, not just for the sake of being tougher, but really challenge my own um, tastes and you know what I like and so I really had to ask myself you know did I have a good time in this movie and I think ultimately um, I didn't for those reasons um, but I it breaks my heart to say that I mean Jarmusch is a very special filmmaker but um, no I, I think he's I think he's great I just think there's a lot to like about this movie and I get, I get why Cole is, you know, kind of not on the fence by it, but why he didn't, why he didn't uh, enjoy it as much as I did. I don't know. I just I've seen like, and, and I agree with Cole. Like there is a sea of zombie films that all sound and look the same. It is oversaturated. But I just felt with this it was kind of like a breath of fresh air of like, oh. Not taking itself seriously, super fun, great actors just having the time of their lives. It's like a very, very dry version of Super Troopers if zombies attacked. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know, there were, I just loved all the aspect about it because it just hadn't been done. They just kind of did something different with the genre, and that's what I'm looking for. And that's why I loved 
the net the new Netflix show Black Summer so much uh, because it took the zombie genre in a very good new direction, uh, and it got me excited about it again. So that I don't know, just like with this movie, it is it is good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know, I. I have, a, I have a feeling I will be watching this zombie movie quite a bit in the future, and hopefully, holy shit, hopefully it becomes a Criterion collection, if I say so myself. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, pal. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be, I mean, I guess it would, you wouldn't want to hold your breath even if it was a sure thing Criterion, because at the very least it would be three months, and if you're holding your breath for three months, you're dead. But And then you would be... The dead don't die. But, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We have, I mean, you could go live in that movie, right? No, yeah, I would live in that movie. I mean, even though, you know, as Adam Driver always says, this is not going to turn out well. I don't know. It it seemed good. It just, you know, there's a lot of decisions, like split-second decisions they made. It was just – it just made sense to me. And just having Tom Waits as basically Tom Waits in the movie is so good. <laughs> well, what's interesting about his character is, you know, and to me that's stuff that's kind of interesting. I don't think that his stuff – was executed that well. I don't think the theme of it, but like how he's a guy who's existing on the fringes of society, on the periphery, not really taking part of society. And yet, you know, um, I mean, I, 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 you know, at least for a portion of the film, he's safe, you know, he's, he's completely safe. He's not, there's no day. And you know, it's just kind of like absurd. Um, and, and to me that that's interesting. That's definitely saying something about, um, something new, something different, you know, that's bringing to the genre, not just, oh man, isn't, isn't it bad that we drill for oil? And I'm like, yeah, okay, shut up. Listen, I, I get listen it. to the people that you box out. Well, what do you mean? Like society boxes him out for having oh, right. that certain perspective. Right. So he's going to live his life and then watch the world burn in the process. He's like the Joker. Yeah. He's like a very chill joker. Um, my taste. Um, and, and then I didn't really mix with any of the dryness. So I'm like, are you worried? Like, is it, this is a movie about worry, but yet it's very chill. It's very tough tonally to... To, to nail down. What I'm hearing is Cole doesn't like Bill Murray, therefore he doesn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Rushmore is in my like probably top five top movies of all time. I mean, it's it's incredible. But um, yeah, Bob? I just. What about Bob? Baby steps, baby steps. Baby yes, steps, baby like- steps. So Preston, is this like? You excited for this for people to see this? You excited for like a Blu-ray release, or is this will like kind of be the only time you really want to watch it? But again, I I I gave it three and a half stars out of five, and I recommended it to people. I mean, there's if I had like certain friends approach me and say, "Hey, do you think I would like this?" Like even just yesterday, I was getting my hair cut, and my aunt was like, "Oh, we want to go see that zombie movie you recommended," and I'd be like. I don't know if that one's for you, but I try to articulate my feelings pretty well in the film and in, in the film and how where things go in the end. It's just like if you just embrace everything of what it's doing, I never for a second took it uh, as a serious piece of filmmaking, which is tough to do, considering that a lot of Jim Jarmusch's films are just like. Uh, 
from is that there he usually has that sort of idea there but he doesn't connect the dots as well with this film for him to make the effort to do all those sorts of I totally understand where he's coming from, but I still found myself laughing at that he's making about uh, stuff that's kind of going on in the news, and I was fine with that. I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I, I just enjoyed its uh, self-referential kind of humor with uh, Adam Driver making jokes about Star Wars in the film. There's just like so much fun that it's that it's having, and I just ate it up. And so, I recommend it to people if you can just embrace how weird it gets. It's it's enjoyable. Sweet. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm. Well, I have an argument to that. So <laughs> what I no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, both I right. A, I want to be a well, exactly. I want to be like a well actually person. Um, I love it on Twitter when people really um, you, they try you to like yeah, have their opinions. It. Yeah, I get it. Or um, like, to be say fair, or yeah, to be fair, to you're be wrong. Fair. But or in, in my honest opinion, I swear it's like the worst, like sort of <laughs> pretension. I swear there's like so much elitism in our field. It's just so agitating. But I, I don't even. Oh God, my anyway, I don't have enough Twitter followers to be that pissed off. My, Do what? So I don't have enough Twitter followers to be that sort of person that is uh, really cranky and has to fit in with, like my opinion is right, and my oh, opinion but people feel matter. the need to all the time. They and they definitely um, feel the need to like slyly undercut you all the time. It's just like you know. Anyway, no, very, like, very I can difficult. I can enjoy a movie like Machete or Machete and just have have fun with it. I don't have to put it in right. the same box as another film, and right. I can just enjoy it for what it is. Well, hey, I enjoy it. you got to take movies for what they're. My thing is to take a movie is based on what the filmmaker's intention is. You know, you know, the dead don't die. I know what his intent is. You know, and sometimes I just don't get movies um, for sure. But you know, like for example, the did we all watch the, the murder mystery, the Netflix Adam Sandler movie? It yeah. has yeah. like really funny minutes I, that's what I, laugh. I, I put yeah it was a thrilling comedy most of the great comedy in that movie was the bickering between jennifer aniston and adam sandler yeah. which i related to it was and, fun and and adam sandler going i'm hungry as shit it's yeah. really funny um but you know you know i just you know you're not going to judge that the same way you're going to judge uh you know if beale street could talk or even like silver linings playbook <laughs> like a co- really good comedy or something like that you know it's a stupid it's a stupid freaking Adam Sandler movie. Are you, what are you expecting? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there's, you know, I, you could compare it to Game Night, I think. Anyway, I just think that that's, that's interesting because, like, you know, I'm going to give that movie, like, a barely positive review. But I just, like, was thinking about all that in relation to this movie that we were just talking about because it's just really interesting to see why this movie – People really don't like The Dead Don't Die. And that's kind of surprising because I'm surprised with myself with that as well because it has all these really great elements to it. No, yeah, but I, I just I'm sitting really there being it. like, oh my God, let me out of here. No, like, I, I enjoyed it. I say go see it. Definitely go see this movie. I say go see um, Men in Black International. I oh say go see God. that. Don't listen to him. Oy vey, right? <laughs> that movie is awful. <laughs> 
All right. I think that wraps up our uh, our excellent episode, 55th episode of my bloody podcast. Uh, they don't. The dead don't die. Jim Jarmusch. We have a lot of uh, good bloody questions, good news, and bloody recommendations. And uh, we want to thank Cole. Thank you so much for being being out here. Even though you don't like Bill Murray, we still like you. Oh, thank you, thank you, and everybody, go see uh, Toy Story Four. I know that's not well. There is horror in that movie. So go see Toy Story 4, everybody. I it's would amazing. say don't go see Toy Story 4. I'd say wait what? for Netflix. No, <laughs> stop Disney Plus. It'll be Disney Plus. Yeah. Don't say that. Toy don't, Story- don't pay for I, Toy Story 4. <laughs> go see this instead. <laughs> I love you, Cole. It's so much for fun. Sure. Um, where... So Preston and Cole write for some of the same outlets, and they have their mm-hmm. own thing going too. Where where can everybody find you both at? Go Cole. Oh, oh man. Well, hopefully you'll be able to find me uh, as like a ubiquitous internet presence before long. But uh, um, until that time, you can find me on Fresh Fiction. Um, I um, am somebody who loves to do this, but at the same time, I want to have fun with it. So. Um, I know that we don't necessarily um, get too offended when we disagree, and I, and I love that. And we also don't um, really just try to um, pimp ourselves out too hard. We're and connect. I really about you know we can just we can praise if Bill Street can talk, and you know what we can also do? We can also praise Seed of Chucky as well. So um, this, you've come to the right place, um, movie fans. So it feels good to be able to do that. Um, so it's it's really fun. So I'm, I'm here, and find me on Fresh Fiction. Um, and find me at the Alamo Draft House as well. There you wherever, go. In Houston. Wherever your local Alamo Draft House is, I'll be there. <laughs> Preston, where are you at? Uh, you can also find me on Fresh Fiction, uh, editing other people's work, but you can find my own mostly on the Ditton Record Chronicle, DittonRC.com. have uh, a written review of The Dead Don't Die on there, and I'll have some Blu-ray reviews soon to come later today, and all kinds of fun stuff, interviews and that sort of stuff. Sweet! Um, and then I'm Brian Kluger with this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, My Bloody Podcast, also BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com. All good, and we'll see you next week. Some good, crazy, insane big stuff coming up in the next couple weeks, and we'll get to it. But we love you. Watch horror, horror forever. And Cole, Cole, you're my favorite. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Preston's my favorite, too. (laughs) Bitch! All right, we'll see you soon.